0: Welcome to Spreading the Floor with your hosts, Jacob Cooperman and Nigel Petty-Fernandez. Your go-to podcast for basketball's forecast. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Spreading the Floor. This is episode twenty. Uh, what is this? Episode twenty-one.
1: Twenty-one now, yeah, because we had this twentieth special last uh, last episode.
0: That's right. It's the boys. It's the guys. We're back at it. We're still over Zoom. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Shout We're out back to next Josh week. the Boss. That's right. We are back next week. Yeah. Shout out to Josh the Boss on the intro. It's a great intro beat. And uh, got to get it out the way. Shout out to a uh, ball in the six. That's shop ball in the six. Uh, if you want twenty percent off of all their basketball lifestyle clothing coming straight out of toronto use uh, the code stf nba all caps and you'll get a good discount on it my mom used it she loves what she got yeah no i didn't really? tell you Yeah, she did I don't, know if, I don't know if she bought it yet but she's looking at the stuff she's like oh it's very very nice stuff so
1: if your uh, mom rocks ball in this, that's crazy that's honestly bonkers but that's sick
0: yeah no i mean the whole family's got a rep ball in the city it's good that's stuff it's, it's basketball yeah. lifestyle what more could you ask for
1: I should also say Nigel real quick before you continue that we are getting our sponsored clothing this week. So when we're in the booth next week, we will be repping some of their clothing.
0: Awesome. awesome, now. Yeah. And uh, you know, got, we're, we're sitting here. We're, uh, we've got a good episode lined up for you guys and uh, ready to go. So I think what we want to talk about first was uh 2k 21. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in specifics, you know, 2k 21, I saw the new in the next gen graphics. It's all nice. It's all shiny. You know, the players are sweatier than ever. There's a lot more motion <laughs> graphics. Everything's in 4K, but in specific, in specific, I don't. Even, why do I just keep saying in specific? Specifically, right. A lot of people on Twitter outrage, in my personal opinion, for good reason, that they now have unskippable ads. Not like the 2K TV with Rachel DeMita. You know what I'm saying? That you kind of enjoyed a little bit because it was Rachel DeMita that they had in the past. No, these are actual unskippable like ads on YouTube and on that you would see on YouTube and television. Uh, so a lot of people, I think justfully are, 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 really pissed off. We, we know, and I know that you've, cause I wanted to bring this up, you know, Nigel, I know you've kind of haven't picked up uh, What is it? you stopped in 2k 18 or 2k 19, picking up two K's.
0: I picked up 2k 19 only because it was free, but I did play. I played a lot of 2k throughout my life and I yeah. do have very strong opinions on the, on the matter, but I'd like to hear yours first.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. No, so I was going to say, I know you, you kind of stopped playing 2k because there are a bunch of money grabbing schemers. This shows it. You know, why? Well, you make so much money off of revenue. Just think about like the VC, which is the virtual currency in the game, the amount of money they make off of that. I don't know if if anyone knew the statistic or this figure. They make more off of VC than EA does off of their microtransactions, which is something I don't think a lot of people understand because EA is a big, if you think about people that are, are, are gouging a market with microtransactions, EA is like the go to bad guy that everyone looks at. But no, 2K is really, two, I think 2K leads, if not, or, you know, if they don't lead, they're in like the top three conversation for uh, the companies that profit the most off of microtransactions, specifically for the fact that, that you know, there's, there's do rags in the game that cost 5000 VC, which is like 15 in real life dollars. It's just stuff like that, and now the ads. I mean, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, where does the buck stop? If you're 2K, are you gonna? Are we gonna see billboard? I mean, we're already seeing billboards with ads in in the park, but yeah. what, like, why why can't we just skip? And I, because I already know the loading times are just oh, every time I play 2K in my career, it's just like the loading times are abysmal. And now you're telling me I gotta sit through a 30 second ad about a guy I don't even know. I, what do they show? It was about some guy clicking on a computer. It's just like, how much money do you, do you need if you're 2K, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, I mean, video games have just become such a, such a big industry in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, it really, you know, if you think about the biggest video game 20 years ago, you know, whatever was on the PS2, you, you put the disc in and you go, you don't even need to be connected to the internet. You know to what it is now 2k is just you know it, it shows really how far video games have um, it, it's, it's it's just it's just to make money now yeah. i mean you think you think about i mean you can't even when you th- if you're looking at the the unskillable ads i mean like yes it's disappointing but is it surprising no i mean they they literally yeah literally put out the same video game every single year you only get a real difference every what five six seven years maybe when you um, go over to
1: next gen and like yeah like stuff yeah. like that
0: yeah, but really what, you know, what's, what, where's the difference between 19 and 16? You know what I'm saying? What You know, it, it, it's not really, it, there's no justifiable reason to put out a $60 game. And not only that, and uh, this is something that I personally don't do, but this is something that I've seen, like my roommates have done is like, like you said, the VC is I see people spend $60 on this video game and then put another $60 just into making the game playable, just into putting into their yeah. characters so that they, they don't have to, uh, you know, work to, you know, they, you pay to you pay to get rid of the actual gameplay, you know, you, you pay to get a head start, it, it's pay to win, everyone knows this, it's just it's just a scam. It's just a huge scam. Um, you could you could hop on 2k. Uh, I say you could hop on 2k 14.
1: I was about to say good, that was, yeah. oh my god that just was a last... just a
0: good experience and you you know they make rosters and stuff with all the modern yeah. players and everything Yeah. It's just to make money. It's it's sad, but that's that's the that's the industry. But you know what what I will say is that they will only they will only do as much as you let them get away with. So the reason they charge so much for VC is because they know people will put, will pay it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only reason they put unskippable ads is because they know people will watch them. You know what I'm saying? People mm. will sit there and play that game regardless of how much they try to take advantage of the consumer.
1: Yeah, we're getting tucked.
0: Right. And at the same time, you know, look at look at the actual gameplay. It hasn't improved. We already said it hasn't in the last six years. Where, where are the improvements in actual gameplay? I mean, the game is still full of bugs. Uh, the game is still, you know, it's it's still choppy. I mean, you think that they'd actually make some kind of big improvement with the
1: hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue they get from it every year. Well, hold on, Nigel. I should say that in NBA 2K21, aka NBA 2K 20.5, they added a beach. So, you know, well worth yeah. the $120 or my entire, you know what I'm saying? A yeah. week's worth of, of work pay to go right. and drop some some money on a on a virtual do-rag. You know right. what I mean?
0: Well, they, they had a beach in 2k16 and then they took it out. They for took like it the, away the, the the park or the town or yeah. whatever it was. Um what was it called? Like sunset. Boulevard some some there bullshit was like that was that the,
1: was that the one with affiliations I can't remember I, I'm trying uh, to it's, remember
0: it's just it's, it's such a shame
1: it but, is really and
0: that, that's why did you hear why Charles Barkley refuses to let them like put his, him his character in the game no why well what, what what 2k does is they they only give the players what like a a very small cut like I think they give each player like a what like a million dollars which is which is a lot of money of course but oh, it's like, to
1: them, it's not really
0: well, you, you got to think, I mean, they're trying to there there are retired NBA players from the 70s and 80s who could really use like a, a, a decent amount of money. And they're, they're just cutting them short. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 2k pay gets what, like 500, 600 million dollars worth of revenue. Probably a year. above
1: that, man. I, I'm, right? I'm sure they're making well above that margin. I don't even know, though
0: right and we're talking about athletes you know that 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 you sh- you know they want to use their likeness they should be spreading the wealth to make the make the whole thing better but they're so greedy um i mean 2k i mean but they're with that with all their games i mean how glitchy is the 2k wwe games and you know what the, the problem is that it's a monopoly there's no other basketball games that can compete yeah NBA EA, Live, you know the nba yeah. lab
1: was pretty trash
0: it wasn't it wasn't good it was good but it was not good enough to to compete 2k is the only one you go to and until there is a good competitor 2k will continue to take advantage of their
1: people of their and people i don't know if you players. know nudge like nba live used to be the big dog in town until right they got complacent it's basically the same thing kind of rubber banded until they got complacent and then nba came in with new and fun game modes and other stuff like that that they added to the game and then they took over and now like you said i think last year nba live didn't drop anything and so yeah. now NBA 2K, Ronnie 2K, whoever it is that runs, it feels like they can just cruise by, add a few more animations each year. Like I said, make the players a little sweatier. I will give it to the graphics this year. I mean, they look like they've really improved. I didn't see that much of a difference, but I can understand why people would be excited about it. But the whole thing with, 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 it's almost like one step forward, two steps back. And to your point about NBA 2K14, I feel like that was the last, besides 2K19, I'm trying to think in my head, maybe like, Because I never played really, like, online, so I'd have a different perspective on it than someone that actually played on the park. But to me, playing my career mode was the first time, and that was around the time where I actually got into basketball, was 2K14. That was the most fun I've ever had with a 2K game, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, it's – I mean, first of all, we're going to a new generation. The least they could do is make the graphics crazy good. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, 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 you, you have you have the worst monetization yet you, you have the, the the worst uh you you treat your fan base the worst out of any company in the history of video games the least you could do is improve the graphics and they continue to just you know throw sweat on their players and we know no it looks good it looks good i'll give them that it looks very good it's a beautiful game i wish it ran beautifully um yeah but it's like every year it seems like oh is the new 2k good well, they this year it's more about, you know, it's harder to, to score, but defense is, easy. you know, it's like they they, they they just they just change the sliders every year and, and call their new game, ship it out, $60. Yeah, uh, there's 70, no comfortable balance. Yeah, it's like $100, $120 for the ultimate Kobe edition. whatever. Which, by know. the way,
1: disrespect to Kobe, man.
0: Whatever, man. I don't you even know, know what I
1: mean? Like if you're going to push out some half-baked product and you're going to put Kobe on the cover, you better make it serviceable because the man yeah. is a legend. Yeah. So you better treat the game that has him on the cover like a legend. And I actually, really? I was talking to some friends about this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kobe edition was in some way, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like instead of doing the right thing, right, and, and adding something special to the Kobe edition, I'm sure that they're going to, it's just going to be some wheeled out like my team packs or whatever they always do for the new editions. Yeah you know, they should they should have something more commemorative, right, with the Kobe edition, like maybe – and I don't know, because I haven't checked the package yet. I kind of just have a feeling for what it is. But, like, they should do something uh, fun for, for Kobe in his memory. Like maybe if you buy the game, you get some sort of a, a way to remember. I don't know. It just – it seems like an awful – and, it, I mean, it always is every year, like a, an awfully obvious – money grab on 2k's part, which is kind of the reason I wanted to you know include this in the pod because I played NBA 2K20. I will not be picking up NBA 2K21, NBA 2K21, unless I get a PS5, in which case I might. Um, but I also I have to see because I, I check you know before every you know before I get a a 2K game what the community is saying about it. But if if the trend is to continue maybe this 2k will be more serviceable than the last ones but like we said nights like it's just the entire it, it, the whole thing's gonna happen all over again you know it's not gonna be yeah it's gonna it's gonna fall into a rhythm again so
0: you oh, know it has been and you know like like you said the last 2k that I actually spent decent money on was uh 2k 18 <laughs> I just I feel like I, I've already given them hundreds of my dollars I don't even buy the VC. I've given them hundreds of dollars just in games. Yeah. I have enough 2K games. I have enough basketball games to, to play. You know, what I'm saying I have I have every single one since what 12, 13. Damn so like, man. I'm good. You know, I don't need to spend another sixty dollars on the same game I picked up last year for sixty dollars. So that's why that's why I stopped. You know I was a big that's kind of how I got into basketball too, was two K. Like you can you can be interested in basketball, but you don't know the players' names, you don't know right. the statistics until you play two K you know, it's kind of just the definitive basketball thing, but you can, you can look how other companies do it. I mean, you can, you can, you can have microtransactions. A lot of companies are doing it. Just stop shoving it down. People's like throats. It's just, it's awful. And it's, it's bad consumer. It's a bad, it's bad, bad for the consumer. Every, everyone loses except for Ronnie 2k who just fucking sits there and rakes up the dough. Um, and rakes you're right. They, and lies to people. Right, and you're right. They should have done something special for the for the Kobe edition because I'm sure all you got with the Kobe edition was some extra VC. They you should see. have you should have got like you know some extra cords or something, or maybe you should have came with like a a hat or you know it's, it's anything just 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 something special for the Kobe edition. I mean, you're just Mama gonna forever. use yeah, you're just gonna, just gonna slap you're just gonna slap an extra sixty dollars on on there just just because just for the case, just so like, what are people gonna put it on their wall or I mean I don't know.
1: Okay, so what they gave you is a, a pink diamond Kobe card in my team. That's pretty much it. And if I'm remembering correctly, there was some controversy with the Bryant family about not putting it in the game. And they had to ask uh, permission to, to even have his card there. And then there's some extra challenges. So basically not really anything uh, serviceable.
0: Yeah, but you if, you, if you bought the Shaq edi- edition last year, I think you got a pink diamond Shaq. So it's no different than and Shaq's still alive,
1: like it's no different than (laughs) any other year. You know what I mean? Like it's it's no different, man. It's just it's it's 2K.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. Speaking of Shaq, speaking of Shaq, uh, you know his his brand that sells at Walmart, the and one brand that makes shoes and everything. That's Shaq's. It is
1: Shaq's. If you you look at if
0: you look at the logo, it's Shaq's and they're very cheap shoes. And he said, uh, that, that he recently came up to like what 100 million pairs sold 100 million units sold and uh, he did it just you know just to help out kids you know who, who couldn't afford like the big time shoes you can still get a pair of decent basketball shoes at walmart shack brand you know you can laugh all you want if, if you see some with and ones on but this still you, you see these and you see these players trying to better their community and then you see something like 2k you yeah know, ronnie 2k just trying to snatch steal like literally steal people's money
1: I yeah, mean. yeah, well, also, I, I didn't know that. Sha- I My I must have. Uh, Shaq must have acquired N one because the way I I, I know that N one started off as like a street ball mixtape, and then they started making like ball clothing, like shorts, uh, shoes. So maybe did he? I, I don't even know if he acquired it along the way, but. Anyway, you know, in either in either way, that's that's dope that that Shaq did that. And honestly, that kind of just shows the man that Shaq is like, I know he's kind of known for being a little bit childish at times. Like when he told Chuck he was going to punch him in his face while eating chicken wings on TNT. Like, we you know, you see that type of Shaq sometimes. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's really he's a man of the people because I've heard stories of him paying for everyone's tab at the restaurant that he went to tipping really graciously. So, I mean, listen, shout out to uh, Shaq, man. Shaq's the homie.
0: Um, Shaq, Shaq is the man. He's just—he's one of those players that you really have to, you know. He—he he had a great NBA career, went off to do the next best thing, which is, you know, being an analyst and everything. Broadcaster, yeah. And then, you know, trying to trying to give back to his community. He's a—he's—he's a—he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, what's the word? He's an idol. He's a—he's a leader as far in the basketball community.
1: I'd say so. One of the leaders for sure. If you talk about yeah. like retired players, you know. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> We want to talk here about Clay real quick in recovery. I've been seeing a lot of, of photos and videos of Clay kind of just um, looking better, sprinting, yeah. you know, doing little track workouts here and there, playing 5v5 pickup. Looks like he's coming along well. He obviously – there was that big injury versus Toronto in the playoffs. I think even if you weren't a, a Golden State Warriors fan, if you were like me and you were kind of tired of them seeing – or tired of of seeing them having their, their kind of reign over the NBA. It was almost a little bit saddening and and, and heartbreaking to see Clay go down like that. You know, it, he looks a lot better now and he's dunking and he's, he's definitely, you know, come a long way, putting a lot more weight on it. So it seems like he's definite for a return for the NBA season in 2021. Uh, we actually have a, a user related question about that, which will tie into what we're talking about later, but. Oh, the 2021 season, not about Clay, but I just wanted to include it because Clay's also just a very, you know, a great player. A guy that I, from what I can see or what I've been seeing, Clay doesn't really get in anyone's way. And and to see what the Toronto fans were doing once he went down, there were some Toronto fans that were were clapping. You know yeah, I mean? it's it's kind of like it, it, you hate to see it, and I know he was part of that team where maybe they caught flack because they were so dominant and you have Steph Curry, Steph Curry gets a little cocky. Sometimes he will hit a three, he'll turn around and look at the other bench. You know, clay is the same way. I mean, I remember his his 38 point game where he lit up from three and he started pointing at the floor at some point because he knew nobody could guard him. It was just like, so they catch flack. But again, I guess I wanted to uh, until we get into the big meat of this podcast, I wanted to include this segment because I'm very happy for, and I know he's, he's dropping a documentary on it too. His kind of just, uh, recovery process up until this point.
0: Yeah, well, he's he's looking good. You're right, and um, I mean, I think people get carried away, especially in the finals, when you know, I mean, Clay going down was kind of you know, it, it was Toronto fans being like, okay, well, now we are definitely going. That's a lock, no yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a lock. You know, you you got two two of the the team's best three players out. You know, just like Cleveland in twenty six in twenty fifteen. I mean, that's a definite championship, no matter what. Um, but it is, a, you know, obviously it is a shame. Clay, the the, the, the biggest thing with Clay is that you got to remember is he has the heart of a champion. Yeah, he does. Uh, no one is going to outwork Clay. Clay, I mean, he's a good guy on the court. He's a good guy off the court. He's got a great character. He's very, very charismatic. Uh, and he goes out there and he does his job and he shoots the ball lights out. Um, he's only 30 years old, so I, he can recover from this injury. This is, I mean, especially he's not a very, you know, he's not the most athletic Either he's just more of a shooter, but his his defense is really probably it's probably the only thing that would take a hit from this. Yeah, uh, you know he's putting in the work. Everyone can see that. I mean that's what everyone expects from Clay. He's just a great guy, great basketball player, and I think he I think he feels like he has something to come back and prove. He Curry and they they want they want the Warriors to be back on top. Of course, Uh, I I love to see the competition. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Especially when you talk about Clay, man. He's not gonna be. Obviously, what he was at first, he might be 75% of that. He might be 60% of that. But one thing we know for sure is Clay can play at a very high level. So guys like him, guys like Kevin Durant, they're able to come back. And even 75%, 65% of what they were is still dominant. Uh, So I think that Clay comes back big next year. We could also get into our user-submitted question for the podcast today. Shout-out to Jay Ace on Instagram. I think it's Ace Frescobar. I'll read it off here in a second. He wants us to talk about the 2020 NBA finals predictions a little early for that. I'm 2021? not going to lie. 20, uh, 2021. Yeah. Excuse me. Did I say, I probably said 2020, yeah. 2021 NBA finals predictions. Like I said, a little bit early, but it is a user submitted question. Nonetheless, So I figured we could cover it real quick with Clegg coming back. I see first off the golden state warriors being a big, big factor in that Western conference if Anthony Davis which it looks like he might again that's another topic for later come back and re-up with this Lakers team which he's been very vocal about I think they're going to be a big factor in the west I want to see what Minnesota does with the first pick I mean man in the east you talk about the Celtics I'd see the Raptors making another campaign this year it's it's going to be I know a lot of people are talking about this free agency it's not as crazy as it was last year comparatively but it's going to be like I feel like I feel like I have a solid idea of where everyone's going to be going into the next year's season, but I'm not sure in totality after this free agency, where everything is going to be and with all the moving pieces and even the draft, you know what I mean? Right. Right, So, yeah, I I just, I I don't know. It's going to be there's golden state. You got to factor in the Clippers. I, I really hope that the Clippers don't dissolve their entire, you know, um, starting five and 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 you know i hope they don't because i know they were they were talking about stripping everyone but Kawhi. Uh, i think you should and again <laughs> you know mantras harrell is up on the block uh for free agency i think they should hold on to him but we'll, we'll again we'll get into that later as long as they don't dissolve their core they can make another run at it next year because that might be uh, this year might have been a gelling process if you give them time you know Run a couple five v fives, get some practices going. I, you know, they might they might gel a little bit more, so they could be a big factor there. I don't know. I guess I'll get your your opinion on it, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of hitters next year, mm. especially the well, Nets too.
0: I hope I don't end up getting clipped for this. Okay, oh, yeah. we're definitely a, in, getting clipped for this <laughs> in, in a year. But I say, but uh, it's looking to me right now. I say Lakers again next year. Taking, I say they go back to back. Um, as good as the Clippers are, I just don't see them. You know, challenging the Lakers in a seven-game series. I just think it's too much of a it's too much of a marathon for the Clippers to really go up against LeBron and AD. I see that team only getting better. Um, they got pieces to work with. They got pieces to move around. Uh, you know, LeBron's getting older, but AD's only getting better. I mean, they they won one championship. They're going to be hungry for another one next year. Um, I see big things going on in the in the East. Of course, the Heat said they were going to make major moves to get yeah. uh, acquire Giannis. Um, I see that happening. I see that coming too. Obviously, Giannis not a free agent yet, but I see that yeah. happening in the near f- future. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, they tried to trade him away before his contract ran out. Yeah. Um, just so they could get something in return. Um, but I see. I and you know this Golden State Warriors team is going to be good when they come back, but I don't see them getting to the finals. I just no. don't. There's there's no way they're going to be coming off injury. They're going to still have things to to you know. Where
1: do you to, think those ceilings going to be? You think it's a, second, a playoff team? Second round. Second round. Okay, I can see that. Feeling second
0: round. I can see that. I can see that it might needed round. some adjustments. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see them. You know, I see them doing well. I see them making a, a, a pretty, you know, substantial comeback. But I, I don't think they're gonna. They're gonna be running at hundred percent, especially after they lost such a big piece of their offense and defense, which is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um. They, they need to need time to figure things out, and they need time to get healthy again. They're gonna be limited minutes, so I think they're pretty much out of the question um
1: go ahead yeah real quick i just wanted to i mean the east too you brought up a good point i don't really see the bucks being a factor next year might be a hot take Might again get clipped for that probably will the raptors have kind of shown us that they can do more i don't want to say with less but it is kind of with less this year without Kawhi. you know without Kawhi at the helm there depending on where again serge Ibaka goes this uh this free agency that would be another piece that they lose but again they haven't Nurse, so I'd see them definitely competing next year in the East. The Celtics, if they re up, I think they should keep Gordon Hayward. I'm giving away too many of my free agency picks here. I got to stop. If they re up with the same squad they have this year, next year, and they can only get better, I definitely see them being a, a finals, not a lock for the finals, but a strong, strong competitor for the finals. Same thing with the Heat. If they stay in their current position, uh, the Nets, I'm not too high on. I understand that they have Kevin Durant. I understand they have Kyrie Irving and another. A bit of of nice, or I shouldn't say another bit, but a, a bit of nice uh, ro- role players like Spencer Dimwitty and 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 other such gentlemen like that. Jared Allen. The pre- uh, wait, hold on one sec. Is Jared Allen still in it? Could be wrong, but point is they have a, sol- a lot of solid role players along with some some star talent at the helm there. And it's really like I said, it's going to come down to this free agency, man. While there's not a crazy amount of star players in this in this class there are a lot of of role players that again in this nba you have each team with that star potential player or that player that can be considered in that situation if you have a lot of moving parts just below that echelon i think that's i think that's kind of I, I think that can make you know certain teams that wouldn't necessarily be in that championship or finals echelon i think that could get them there I like the Pacers next year, depending on what they do, if they can pick up a big, I know they're going to be kind of looking to to get a better result this year, or excuse me, next year after this year was kind of a disappointment. They got ousted by the Heat. Pacers are always a solid team. I think ever since, you know, obviously the most successful rendition of the Pacers in recent memory was Paul George and that young team ever since yeah. then they've they've kind of steadily made it into the playoffs but never had enough to really get it done if they get some moving pieces again under that echelon they could really challenge in the east so the east kind of is going to kind of be blown open next year uh, the nuggets in the west yeah you know like i don't know about you but i think these nuggets could be very 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 dangerous next year again i i'm going to say it for the third or fourth time depending on what role players they pick up and who yeah. they keep too? Because they have Jeremy Grant. They're putting up Jeremy Grant and who who else are they putting up? They're putting up Paul Mil- Paul Millsap and, and Jeremy Grant. Um, so I, you know, depending on who they keep and who they put up and who they, you know, what I'm saying, acquire, that could be right. another scary situation.
0: Um. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to I don't know. The the Nuggets are always going to be a good team in the in the near future. I don't I don't see them really making a big championship run. I don't think their their window hasn't really quite. It's just it's closed just because of the teams that are around them. It's just I mean if they were in the East they'd easily get to the finals every year. But um, in my opinion, but uh, I just I think I think with the Lakers and the Clippers over there, I just I think you know they had they had won too many close calls in this playoff run. They did make it to the Western Conference Finals, but they're uh, they're they're obviously not the dominant force over there. Um, I think also Minnesota wanted to trade their first the no, first overall pick yeah, for Pack- a for a get it done now kind of, kind of deal. I think that's a horrible decision, but Hey, I don't really want to see LaMelo go to the, to the Timberwolves. I'd rather come to the Knicks or something. So I'm all for it. I I hope they make that, that, that trade. Um, And I hope it works out for them, but um, no, I think, uh, I think, I think that this obviously, like you said, it's not really star studded free agency classes here, but I think it's going to be interesting. There's a little, there's a lot of drama, especially after the bubble, you know, how many options, opportunities players got to recruit and stuff and do stuff they technically really weren't supposed to do And for guys to show out too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, I think this, this, especially after the, after the bubble, it, it showed a lot, put a lot of players into perspective. It showed a lot of people, what some people could do, you know, before, you know, the, the, when, when they were counted out before, not now that we're going back, we're seeing TJ Warren, we see the heat emerging. We see, we see a lot of people that really emerged uh, as far as the Raptors go, I mean, you love giving the Raptors a ton of credit, and they are a very good team. But I don't see them. I I, I don't. I don't think they're the best option in the East. You think the tank think, is up? I them? don't even think. I don't think they're top two. I think they need another player. They need a Kawhi type of player. I mean, I think the Celtics are better than them. Yeah. I think the Heat are better than them. I yeah. think that you know, if you put them in a seven-game series against the, God, I couldn't even. I couldn't even give you an example. I mean, like. Anyone? In, are you talking about in the West? In the East. I mean, like anyone in the East. I think they're, they're 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 definitely worse than the Nuggets. The the Celtics took care of them in seven. I think the Heat would have taken care of them in less. The
1: and that was a Celtics team that was kind of playing like dog shit, if you remember.
0: Yeah, they weren't. You know, it and it was it's was a first year type of Celtics team and everything. And and Brooklyn. Uh, getting back to Brooklyn, I think. I mean, obviously, we we hate Kawhi in the show, and I stand by that. <laughs> Not Kawhi. Uh, oh, yeah, it was about- <laughs> Ky- Kyrie. Um, we hate Kawhi. Fun Guy. no Yeah, no, no, no. We love Fun Guy. But uh no, I think I think Kyrie and KD, in, in usual fashion, they're gonna set their uh their franchise plays. They're gonna set their they're gonna set their goals too high. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna come in there thinking that they're a championship lock, and I think that reality is gonna hit them when they when they when they don't want it to hit. Yeah. And I think they're gonna be taken out by a team they shouldn't be taken out by. I see. I see them making the playoffs, but I, I see them. I'd be surprised if they made the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: I think it's going to be a lot of infighting, to your point, Nigel. and I think it's going to be a question of because when you have a team that gets put together uh, in a trading type of way, because we were talking, remember I was looking back on on past podcast episodes, and you had kind of brought up that great point that if you put together a team, manu- manufactured wise, like uh, in a in a manufactured type of way, I should say, I don't know what's up with my speaking today. If yeah, you put too. it together, if you put together a team in, in a manufactured sense. It's not going to be as uh, the chemistry won't be as won't be as palpable as if you have a team that you build up through the draft and, and you give guys time to kind of gel and, 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 and get together and really play good quality basketball together. You have that right because you're adding Katie and Kyrie and Kyrie had an unsuccessful year this year He's out most of the year with injury when he was in he wasn't really I mean he was getting the brunt of the offense. So you don't get other guys getting that experience of having a true point guard that can pass and and, and spread out the offense and get the ball going. And then you have Katie coming in off of an injury. And then you, you kind of put you put that on top of the fact that both these men are, are historically known to be kind of cancerous. And they're known to kind of do snaky yeah. stuff on this. And I say kind of because Katie less than Kyrie, but Kyrie we know is a cancer Katie can be, you know, if he gets his feelings hurt and he feels like he's not, you know, so there might be some headbutting there. I, I, I agree with you, Nigel. I think that they'll probably make it into the playoffs just based off of the fact that NBA is a league. It's great to have role players. And I think now more than ever in the NBA, you need role players and star players. But if you have star players, you can sometimes get by um, without much depth. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, for an example, they didn't really have depth there for a while. They had Steph Curry, I mean, but they had such a talented starting five. You know that that they they were they were really relatively not even relatively fine they were dominant, right. uh, so I, I think they make it into playoffs. But like,
0: ah, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just,
1: uh, I'd say I like just, second round.
0: I think that they're gonna. I, I was thinking second round too. I just think that they that they're gonna like be like, oh, we're gonna go up against the Heat. We don't really have to try that hard, uh, because the Nets on paper are a better team than the Heat, but. You know, as we learn, especially from this playoffs, is that you can't always, you know, pay. You can't always l- listen to that. It's uh, they're going to they're going to get in there. They're going to think that they're going to that they're going to they're going to be untouchable. And it's not true. You got you got two older gentlemen, great basketball players coming off major injuries uh, on a, on a team that they're not familiar with, with players they're not familiar with, with a coach, with a first time NBA coach. Uh, It's not going to go the way they think it's going to go. A coach, by the
1: way, they said that wouldn't even be a true coach. Sorry to cut you off, but a coach that they said wouldn't even be coaching half the time. So what does that mean? Right. (laughs) There
0: there you go. So and they're already, they're already, it's already starting to happen. Um, KD was just so beloved on OKC. And when he got to the Warriors, he, you could tell that, you know, his, his whole demeanor changed. Um, People started hating him and he couldn't take that. And he's at this point in his career now where, you know, he got what he wanted. What's next? You know, now he's trying to he's trying to go start up. So he's trying to repair whatever happened to him on in Golden State. Um,
1: If you think about it, too, the pressure on him is going to be tremendous this year because a lot of people are saying that Katie's legacy kind of depends on whatever, whenever, whether or not he can get a ring in Brooklyn. So that's going to be a big point of contention, I'm sure, for him, is, is wanting to prove to all the people that even though he – because I, I could tell that he still has hard feelings about everyone saying that he really went to Golden State just to grab a ring and, and that his ring there was illegitimate because he came out recently was talking about, I played my best basketball at 100%. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's, that's fine, and that's, I'm sure it's true because you're a basketball player. You get paid a lot of money to do just that. But you're still on a super team, and you made that super team and that super yeah. team was unfairly dominant. So really like if you really want to, to to kind of and I mean listen, KD was the man when he was on OKC to your point. If you really want to prove that you're still that guy, he's got to win a uh, win a win a ring in, with his time in Brooklyn cuz I don't know if it's going to be the end of end of his career that he stays in Brooklyn, whatever the case might be, he's got to win a legitimate ring and, and in a lot of people's eyes and personally kind of in my eyes too He's got to win a legitimate ring to be considered. I mean, he's already a great player, and and in terms of skill yeah. level, I think I'd say he's in the top ten when he before he was injured because I don't we don't know how he's going to play now, but he's got to, he's got to show us something. I think you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, he was already like you said, a great player. He's a he's a Hall of Fame lock before he went to Golden State. Yeah. Um, he did go to state to get the to get some free rings. We know that for a fact. He could have went anywhere. He did not. Have, he could have went and. Like Le- when LeBron made the move to Miami, he, everyone hated him, but he went to Miami to build a championship team. Right. He went to a championship team and just, just stacked it. And it's <laughs> it, it, it hurt extra bad because, okay. Uh, Cause golden state knocked them out of the playoffs after they had a three, one lead the, the year before. So um, right there, you just, that's, that's how I'm going to, I'm going to remember Kevin after he retires, you know, he's not gonna retire for a while, but after he does retire, I'm going to think of Kevin Durant as a, as a great basketball player, one of the best offensively to ever pick up the ball, but just a, a tarnished legacy, completely ruined by that move to, to Golden State. The only thing that could repair it is if he just went to the Nets and, and played his heart. It was dominant. Out. But even, but even then, we're still just going to think back to, to to Golden State. There's nothing that can back and fix that. I mean, yeah,
1: man, they they got cocked, and he went there the next year. Well, well, look at what what did LeBron do to fix his
0: legacy? He went back to Cleveland and he won them the championship he promised. Yeah. Right? And
1: he did it he did it on I mean he did it with at some cases in some points a bunch of bombs. Right. They so You know I mean, like not cases, ca- bunch-
0: you know, yeah. He he went back and he played his heart out. Yeah. If 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 Kevin Durant went back to OKC and won them a championship, all would be forgiven, but he's not interested in doing that. Yeah. That's not his that's not what he's interested in doing. He, he's interested in going and playing with top tier players and winning. He's not interested in building. You know, he, he's on his he's on his ring run right now. That's I'd the say, only reason why he left.
1: I I don't know about that because I'd say that he really like I think he wants to to be that guy on a team. And I I, I think like him and Kyrie, obviously, I think there's that synergy between them where they like each other, but they also know that both of them want to be that guy on the team. I think Kevin Durant cares so much about what people think about him that that's the, like if he really didn't care about what people thought about him, I think he'd stay on golden state. If you want, I mean, obviously they didn't know that the injuries were going to occur, but I think that the only reason he really moved is because he wants to be that guy. And he wants to prove to people that he can win on a team like the nets that aren't necessarily, they haven't been doing the best. They're a fringe playoff team at best. I think he, I think that's the reason he moved. I think that he doesn't want to be on a team. And I, I guess, I don't know why he went to the golden state warriors And the, I, I think he just wanted a ring, but now, you know, once he sees a reaction of everyone being like, okay, well now Katie's a snake. Katie's this Katie's that Katie's a ring chaser. I think I just, I know, I know for a fact he cares too much about what people think because we know he has burner accounts on Twitter, but it just kind of goes to show you that maybe this move and this, this is going to like be my, my hot take for the podcast this move is, is less about his legacy to himself and more about his legacy to others that he perceives, if that makes any sense. Yeah.
0: Well, I think a big part of leaving Golden State was he also had locker room problems with Draymond. That's
1: true, too. That's something I, uh, I forgot about originally. Yeah.
0: They didn't really count him in, even though he was a major part of that team. But I don't blame them because like they had, they had one of the best teams in NBA history before he went there. Um, right. They were winning the without that, him. Right. The fact that he went there and they, they were kind of, you know, they were kind of casting him off to the side a little bit. It uh, doesn't surprise me. They didn't, you know, they didn't really need him. Um, I, mean, he, he he, he, I mean, he played fantastically. I mean, he did. See, he did. Yeah. He played his heart out. He really did. He did go a hundred percent. I think he's, he's a better, he was a better player on golden state than he was in OKC. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, his offensive skill set got better. He became a better shooter. He, he took ballsier shots. Uh, that's just, he, he just improved. He got older and he improved and that's great. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. Of course, just like LeBron James got better in, in Miami, you know, uh, as bad as the move might have been at the time. I mean, he got it. He became a better player for it. He got more experience. He played for other with other people. Uh, and that's what happened to Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant, he just, you know, especially do you remember during that season when him and Draymond were just going head to head in a bunch yeah. of arguments sometimes? I mean, he just wasn't he didn't feel as loved as he did in OKC. He probably felt very, very hated. And his, his own team didn't really even recognize him, you know, because they got a lot of hate. They already got a lot of hate. You know, you know how much the Warriors, got, how much hate the Warriors got after he got there. I mean, uh, that second championship that they won in 2018 when they swept the, the Cavs. I mean, how happy could they have been? You know, I'm saying how how good of a feeling that could that have been? You know, they they just yeah they walked on everybody.
1: They also set up that narrative in their heads where it's like we're against the world right now. Everyone wants to see us lose. I think that's the psychology that they had. You know, that you have to have if you're a team like that because if you're a sports franchise, you understand that there's a public perception of your franchise. But I'd say what takes precedence is is overall how many rings you get in in yeah. a in a in a period of like five years. So they must have been like listen, we're going to need to concoct something real quick where we can keep winning rings and not feel bad about it. Okay, we're the hated guys in the narrative. We're the bad guys, yeah. which also kind of similar to the, to the Chicago Bulls with Michael. Like, they don't want to see us repeat. Let's do it again. I mean, if we I remember back to the last dance, if I'm remembering correctly, that's part of the, the whole thing that um, I'm forgetting the coaches. I cannot believe I'm blanking on this guy's name right now. Oh, oh, um. the co- oh my God oh i run ahead i run a basketball podcast and i can't even remember you know his name bro i know his name too you know what i'm talking we all know i mean we know who uh, one sec <laughs> one sec. now because we're gonna see who this is yeah not who this is but we're gonna remember who this is chicago bulls chicago chicago bulls phil phil jackson phil God, jackson wow on the tip of my tongue Phil Jackson at the time got them to kind of buy into that and he was great at at letting getting his players to kind of buy into certain theories and and certain facts where MJ had to be the guy but he also had other teammates and he got him to trust in those teammates he he made them believe that they were the bad guys of 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 the media of the narrative set forth by the media and that they needed to prove people wrong and, and keep being dominant I think it's a similar thing with Golden State you know like when you have a, a, a championship team that that's dominant, that is that dominant, I, you, you can't, you can't view it as like, you know, nobody wants to see us. Re- well, you have to view it like that. You have to view it as nobody wants us to repeat. So we're going to have to repeat to prove him wrong. You know, it's yeah. all about dominance, but yeah, no, with KD men and also too, with all those, those locker room scuffles with Draymond, I mean, that just goes to show that KD, he's soft.
0: Yeah. He's, he's soft. soft.
1: There's no way around it. He's soft uh, real quick. Cause we're starting to get to the end of the episode here. Can we talk about this free agency draft class? Now, we've referenced it a couple times over the course of the episode. I have a personal list here of guys that I thought were the most influential out of the draft class that can make moves for certain teams. And we could just talk real quick about, like, where we see them ending up. Do you want me to start off first here? Yeah, we, why don't we go – we should go one person each and then do both of our takes on it. Like, uh, one player and then you – you know, I sign off you, you sound off. Beautiful yeah. thing right sure uh so first obviously the most influential player in this entire entire uh trade deadline class keep calling it class is anthony davis now this is also the most simple because he's been very vocal about wanting to stay in la i think he wants to repeat with right. ron i think it's pretty obvious that they're gonna repeat next year if you want my personal opinion i agree with you on that so why should he leave uh you know just stay in la and, and, and that's that, I mean, go where the money is, especially since they're talking about either getting Chris Paul or, or Derek Rose next year. If you're Anthony Davis, man, stay with the, stay with the golden, uh, golden purple.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, I think he does. I don't think there's, there's, there's I think there's a 0% chance he leaves unless like God has to come down himself and tell Anthony Davis to get off that Lakers team. Yeah. Um, you want me to give the next player?
1: You, yeah. You want to go? You want to go like rubber banding?
0: Sure, I don't mind doing that. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Uh, I think well, Chris Paul's next.
1: You want to talk about Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, listen, played a great brand of basketball this year with Oklahoma. I love for him to stay there. I think that they can only get better. Again, they're one of those teams in that situation where they only have uh, um, upwards mobility. Uh, especially considering they might get a uh, get rid of Danilo Gallinari. I mean, I know he was a big factor for the team, but if you want to have that young core, which they do for the most part, you you, you get him and you trade him away for some nice assets. Uh, I think that if he went to Lakers, that could be another good fit. Though I don't, I feel I don't really feel like the Lakers need him. You know, like the Lakers got it done yeah. this year, and the guards only started showing up at the end. I don't really think they need a guy like Derek Rose or Chris Paul. I think they'd be uh, better suited in other areas. I could see Chris Paul to the Knicks. I know you're a Knicks guy. Yeah. I could see him definitely going to the Knicks, going to a team that needs a, a good guard, you know? And yeah. But I, I feel like T- Chris Paul would also want to go to a team where he could win, you know, considering yeah, that he, considering he didn't really get that win that he wanted with the Rockets. They got very, very close down to a game seven in the it was the Western, Conference uh, the Eastern, finals. yeah, Western, Western Conference, Conference finals. finals, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm assuming he wants to go to a team that that would win, uh, and and win soon, considering he's getting up there in age. But just a great asset to have in general.
0: Yeah, I think Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul's at this point in his career where it's no longer up to him. I think that if a team wants him and they want to acquire him, they're going to have to go out of their way. Uh, to, to get him I, I do think he would fit very well in the Lakers I think I mean especially he's LeBron's friend yeah and Chris Paul if you you know yeah, yeah I know you like Chris Paul but you know that he does not have many friends in this league uh yeah, I think yeah. that that is big uh and I could see him staying on OKC I see him wasting away on OKC though I I would like to see him go to the Lakers I'd like to see him win a championship I'd like to see him I mean they he would be just a perfect fit for that team that's really what they need is it's a point guard about the bucks uh, that would be big
1: that was that, that was a storyline for a while there and then it kind of says it out a little bit but i feel like he'd be good on the bucks could could well, give the bucks that extra kick
0: that would all depend on whether or not Giannis stays
1: yeah um, Which, i
0: don't yeah, go, yeah. Ahead, go ahead yeah i don't think i don't think he goes there and if Giannis doesn't stay uh but if he did go there and Giannis did stay, i'd say that'd be a pretty pretty big uh pretty big matchup to go against i don't think it wins the ring necessarily but it'd be a pretty big matchup
1: i think that'd be like a two-way bridge because if chris paul stays i feel like Giannis would stay and if Giannis stays then chris paul would go or as yeah i should say that if chris paul goes Giannis would stay and if Giannis stays chris paul could have the potential to go i think yeah. that would be a bucks team that makes it farther in the playoffs might even be a finals lock in the east i know i just said earlier in the i'm contradicting myself all over the place that the, the bucks wouldn't really be a uh uh, a factor next year if they pick up chris paul i think they're definitely uh in yeah. that conversation if they pick up that next piece but from what i've show, been shown this year in the east the bucks and past years too i mean the bucks just evaporate come playoff time
0: right um, All right. You want gonna
1: move on to the next player
0: yeah i was gonna look at i mean obviously Kawhi is a, a free agent but he's gonna stay with the clippers i kind of want to talk about blake griffin
1: blake griffin's a big free agent at the moment kind of had like a a bell curve to his career like he's coming back up now he's we talked about this on past podcasts he's kind of revolutionized the way not revolutionized but he's like revamped the way he plays basketball he's much more uh skillful now with the way he kind of navigates the court he's not basing his game off of all just athleticism at the moment great asset to have i could see him what is he, he runs power forward correct correct so i'm trying to think of teams that could use because there's a lot of teams that could use a decent big. Like, I feel yeah. like the Celtics could use a decent big. Uh, but the Celtics already have a good – I, I, the, the Celtics, I think, need a true center. Uh, so I don't know about him going to the Celtics. But I also don't like him staying in Detroit because I don't think Detroit's really going to do him any justice.
0: Yeah, especially if they get rid of uh, Andre Drummond.
1: Yeah. Um, well, he's that's just
0: going to th- be wasting over there.
1: Yeah, well, I, that's also something we could get into Andre Drummond next because I think Andre Drummond could have the potential to make a team very, very, uh, very good next year, depending on where he goes. As for for uh, Blake Griffin, shoot, man, maybe Sacramento. <laughs>
0: oh, listen, Blake Griffin, like you said – a great player with some, some of the best highlights of, of any of them. You know Talk I'm about saying? putting
1: nuts in the face. He's the best. Yeah. He,
0: I mean, you, you go watch some Blake Griffin highlights and you are amped to watch some basketball. I mean, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball, Mike Green said it best. But uh, like you said, he did kind of, he he overhauled his game. He did it. He did it gracefully. He did it humbly and he's still putting up big numbers. Uh, he's still making a difference on, on a not so good team on, on a decent team. Um, but he's proved that he can adapt and overcome. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like Dwight Howard had to wait how many 15, 16 years for his first championship. I see Blake Griffin getting picked up. Uh, I see someone giving him a, a chance because he went to Detroit and he played well basketball. Um, he's been changing his game. I see him making a, a big impact on, on, a, on a decent team.
1: That's what I'm saying. It would have to be a team that's kind of just on the precipice of either being in the playoffs or or making it on a deep playoff run. I think that's where he'd be best suited. I could see him real quick talking about teams that are not near that situation in any sense of the word, either the Charlotte Hornets or the New York Knicks. I could see – I mean, I wouldn't mind Blake Griffin and the New York Knicks. I'd like to see him on the Nuggets. Yeah, 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 especially if they get rid of uh, either Paul Millsap or Jeremy Grant because those are two guys that are – you know, at the forward position.
0: Jamal Murray, Jokic, and Blake Griffin. Uh, That's actually be a really
1: fucking good idea. Yeah.
0: That's a very good team. Yeah. It's yeah. a very good team. Especially especially because Blake Griffin can knock down threes now. Yeah. Uh, and Jokic can pass that ball. Uh, Jokic is just arguably the best center in the NBA right now. Uh, I think that'd be a very great dynamic. I think that they should consider picking up Blake Griffin.
1: That could be really, really good. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, no, that, that'd be a dangerous Nuggets team. Yeah, it would be a very dangerous Nuggets team. I think, yeah, like you said, it could either be to a team that's, that's just about ready to, to, to challenge for a, a, a championship or, or get into the playoffs or just a team that needs that, that one extra real piece. You know what I mean? That, that could, that could be the, the key in the lock. Um, right. Real quick. Okay. I want to let's talk about first, we could talk about, let's get Andre Drummond out of the way. So past podcast episodes, I'm referencing those a lot, but I'm trying to go back to actually the last trade deadline episode we did sort of reminiscent of that here. Uh, I said that Andre Drummond would have the capacity to be a a franchise cornerstone center. And to some extent this year, he definitely has. He's been playing his ass off. If I'm checking the statistics correctly, he averaged about 7.5 points per game, uh, 2.8 assists per game, two steals per game. And, and, you know, just a, a really solid stat line for a big, I know that the Celtics need a big at the moment. I know that Atlanta needs, or actually, no, Atlanta doesn't need a big because they have Clint Capella, but I know that the Celtics need a really, really good big. I can see him going to Houston. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if he goes to Houston. Uh, I don't know. Again, like I was trying to calculate cap space for each of the teams. I don't know how much money each team individually has to to throw around, but again, any team in the, in the, in the league right now that needs a, a serviceable center, maybe the Pelicans. Um, Anyone that's in need of a really decent center. And if he plays at the same level he has, he could be in the same situation as like an, you know, a Blake Griffin where he, yeah. he kind of unlocks. Because think about it, if he goes to that young Pelicans team, that's he's both a veteran presence. Yeah. And a center that can add scoring and depth. I mean, he's right. dynamic. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I think he, wherever he goes, if they need a big, I think that they'd be a really good fit for him and vice versa.
0: Yeah, he would – he fits in pretty much anywhere he goes. Um, like, I mean, he a couple of years ago he was easily top ten centers, maybe even top five centers in the NBA. Uh, yeah. He always gets overlooked just because he he's just not on teams that have much success. Yeah. I think there's a lot of teams that could use him right now, and I think he's ready to play. Uh, I'd love to see him going somewhere where he could make a big difference. I think that's a great point about the Pelicans. They're a young team. Young teams need second chances, and he's good at getting them second chances. Yeah. So – uh, I I think I think that's a great take, actually. What about Demar Derozan?
1: Yeah, so I, actually, funnily enough, that's who I wanted to talk about next. Demar Derozan this year, another forward that really showed out. Twenty-two point two points per game, five point six rebounds per game. I have the stats up here too. Five point six assists per game. Uh, again, he's on the team, a, a team like the San Antonio Spurs that wasn't able to really get it done this year. Kind of their their reign of of making into the playoffs ended and. They're they're slowly starting to regress a little bit. He has a player option there, and I know it's for a a hefty amount of money. It's 27.7 mil. Uh, So if he exercises that, he will stay with the San Antonio Spurs. If not, he could go to another team that, again, needs a forward and needs a, a dynamic scorer. I could think of a few off the top of my head, like the Sacramento Kings, um, if they don't get rid of Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bogdan, but you know what, we, we were trying to pronounce yeah. his name pre, pre-show, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that bridge when we, uh, when we, when we get to it, I, yeah, like I said, a, a team that like the Sacramento Kings, I think would be a good fit for him. Cause again, if you talk about that veteran presence and a guy that would add scoring to that team, cause for the most part, the Sacramento Kings are very young, Yeah, you know, and he could, he could mentor them in a lot of different ways. Uh, I just – I really hope he doesn't stick with with the San Antonio Spurs personally. I I wouldn't – I don't think that's a good – it's really not a good fit for him because he's always been a player that I think deserves a championship and a a ring and just never got one.
0: Yeah, well, he played his heart out in Toronto. Uh, And he – I just – you know, you used to hear a lot of things about him. You used to see a lot of his highlights. But ever since he went to the Spurs, I just – he hasn't been on my feed very much. I know he was putting up very decent numbers. I know he was playing very well, but he's just not getting the attention he he, he used to get. I think it's probably affecting his, you know, the way, the way he's looking at his career and everything. Um, I don't mind him staying with the Spurs, but the Spurs got to step it up. The Spurs got to make it to the playoffs. The Spurs got to make it a run. It doesn't matter uh, if they
1: make it to the playoffs anyways, because I feel like they just, there's too much in that, you know, uh, Western conference to, to displace them. I mean, there's, it's yeah. so competitive anyways, I mean, sure, having Demar Derozan there is going to be advantageous for him, but at the end of the day, I, mean, I think this year showed it—like they're not going to be able to get it done.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Demar DeRozan, he's he's a good player. He's solid. Uh, I think he's still young. Uh, he has time to figure out what he does. But um, I'm I'm I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if he even went back to the Raptors. I mean, I think they they'd be yeah. better than they are right now.
1: I was another um, one I was going to bring up. Yeah, for sure. If he goes back to yeah. the Raptors because it seems like he kind of just missed that, just missed that window. And there was that little soundbite of him or that little, I think it was from an interview where he was like, you know, they immediately after I left, they won. And he was wondering if he was the problem. That was kind of like heartbreaking for me. Cause it's like, damn, you never want to see that from a player like him where of course he wasn't the problem. Cause he's a yeah. great player. You know, I mean, sure. Maybe it wasn't a good scheme fit for, for him at the time but that doesn't mean that he couldn't go back and, and elevate that Raptors team and maybe have them then be a factor in the East.
0: Well, he's not Kawhi Leonard.
1: Oh, he, I'm not he, saying he's, He knows yeah. that, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, they're just – they made an upgrade at, at his position, and it's not a good feeling when, when a team does that. Yeah. But they got the better player out of it, and they sent him across the country uh, to a team that didn't even make the playoffs. That sucks. Yeah, but uh, if I was him, I wouldn't even want to go back to Toronto. But if you ask me, but he doesn't have any ble- bad blood with the fans or the organization or or the uh, or the, the players over there. Kyle, him and Kyle Lowry are still very good friends. So yeah, um, you know, it's possible, and, and they'd definitely be better than they are right now.
1: I can also see him going to the Nuggets. If we want to talk about forward going places, I yeah. think the Nuggets could use a really good scorer like him. Considering again, if they get rid of uh, Paul M- Millsap, excuse me, or Jeremy Grant he could fill in very nicely for them. And I think that would also put them over the top, that, that they would be, again, finals challengers.
0: Yeah, it's possible. Um, they, they The Nuggets had a lot of close calls this this playoff run, and I think that adding a key player like Blake Griffin or DeMarna Rosen would kind of limit those in the future. Yeah. Uh, you know. Cause they, wow, they just, they came back from two, three, one deficits. I mean, that's just unprecedented.
1: In a, I mean, like, yeah, no, that's if there's any sign for this Nuggets team that they're going to be great. That was it. Like the only way for, for this Nuggets team to go is up. And I think in, in that own, you know, in that, uh, in that regard, this free agency for them needs is very important as, as to who they bring on board. You know?
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely.
1: Do we want to talk about Aaron Baines leaving the Suns? Another uh... really
0: good center. I don't really know much about Aaron Baines. but
1: uh, <laughs> Well, I'll I mean, fill you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the, the listeners at yeah. home about this. I'll take this one. Fill
0: on me it. in. I'll take this one
1: on the team. So last year he averaged around 11.5 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, solid center. You know, uh, one of the big key pieces in that uh, in that Suns team that went 8-0 but still didn't make the playoffs in the bubble. Played well the entire season. I think, listen, like, Again, it's this, its really the theme for all the centers in this in this free agency draft class. If you go to a place that needs a serviceable center, again, Pel- Pelicans, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? Maybe even Oklahoma, because I know they have Steven Adams, but it couldn't hurt to shake things up a little bit there. Uh, Not—I mean, Oklahoma for him is at the bottom of my draft board personally. Uh, he could definitely go to the Celtics. Like the Celtics for me is is his top destination. The Celtics really, and I know they have Daniel Tice, but they really need an upgrade at the center spot because they have they don't have a lot. I mean, they have depth at the center position, but it's not it's all they're all still developing. So yes. I think if they bolster that, I mean, and the team and the team really gets in their reps and gets better again, that's a scary Celtics team. But yeah, I mean, that's Aaron Baines. He could stay with the Suns, but I don't know if the Suns are really going to be doing anything next year unless they kind of break out. I think that uh wasn't DeAndre Aiden. He was out for for a little bit this year yeah. towards the beginning of the season. So yeah. You know, we they might do something next year. I just I don't know. I, I if I were Aaron Bates, I'm getting a hell out of dodge. He already had two years with the Celtics before he went to the Suns. So it'd be a welcome comeback party and I think that uh that 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 would be a lock for him. Not a lock, but a definite uh good chance for him getting a ring. Yeah. So up next we got Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he's obviously going to be a big factor in this free agency considering he kind of balled out this year. Yeah. He said that he likes Portland as his home. So I don't personally think he's going to leave. I could see him going back to New York. That's another, that's another, you know, there's whisperings of that, that I've heard. I think New York would need more of a guard, but I wouldn't mind seeing the the mellow revolution in my in the big apple. Uh, I could see him going to the nuggets, you know, yeah. anyone that really needs again, that, that, that presence there, that forward presence.
0: I say he stays on the on the on the Trailblazers. Uh he's been making a big impact there. He's been doing his job and they love him there. Uh has some great highlights over there. I don't see him going back to New York. I think that'd be a waste for both for both parties. I think that'd be bad for New York Knicks and Carmelo. He's I mean he's not gonna do anything over there. He's he's just not the same player he was ten years ago. Right. Uh I say he stays in Portland. That's where I want him. As much as I love it. I mean, I'm a New York Knicks fan. I love you know, Carmelo's still my king. But I say say he stays over there. That would just be the best for his career.
1: I think so, especially if Portland gets something around him. You know what I mean? If they could build up around – you know, get that other piece for him, I think that that would be perfect for him. Uh, We got Serge Ibaka up next here. Serge Ibaka. Yeah. He's still in uh, Toronto, right? Toronto, yeah. We talked about him a little bit uh, earlier in the episode. Right. If Toronto wants to hold on to him, he's definitely a great piece, a great asset to have on your team. Again, another center that that could literally go anywhere that needs a center – Uh, I'd see him kind of staying with Toronto though, just because I, I, if you got a winning, if you got a winning formula, if you're Toronto and I know you, you don't think that they're going to be that successful this year, why change it up? He's got a little bit of a pricey contract, which makes me think that he might be leaving or they might try to package him up and, 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 you know what I'm saying? Get him for something, uh, else maybe, maybe a less, uh, or more lucrative, excuse me, contract, but, or, or a better player with a more lucrative contract. I'm not sure. Uh, I could see him going to literally any team. Again, the Pelicans, Celtics, they need a center. Yeah, I see
0: him staying over there in Toronto. They have a good system up right now. They're, they're like like we said, one, one, one piece away. Um, obviously, Serge is just – he's been a great player for a very long time. He's a great board man. Uh, board man gets paid, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I think he fits in well over there. I don't see him leaving. Um, he's getting paid as well, like you said. So, I don't know. We, we have to see. Only time will tell.
1: Fred Van Fleet. Like, you know, another other, other Toronto Raptors player. Yeah.
0: Another merger that came out of the shadows. Yeah. Um, I think at what, what, after he had his kid, his numbers just skyrocketed, right? That's
1: crazy. Post birth. He was like, yeah, let me just yeah. start shitting on people.
0: Yeah. Let me just start balling out. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a good player. He's a good piece. Um, I mean, obviously his, his trade stock went up after, after he started putting up some real numbers, especially after that finals performance, he had a, a good amount of clutch shots. Uh, he was a he was a big part of that that championship ring. Um, I see him staying over there. I think they love him over there in Toronto, you know that's kind of his home. Um, but of course he he could fit into another system too. He's not gonna be like the man on any team, but uh he's he's a solid player and I, I think that he fits in well over there in Toronto and he'd probably fit in anywhere he went honestly.
1: I could see him going to the Knicks he could fit in well there because they they're in need of a guard uh, depending on who they draft this year, you know. I could see him going there. They could build up around him. They already have Mitchell Robinson. He could go there. He could go to Milwaukee. Whoever needs a guard that that doesn't draft or, excuse me, draft, uh, doesn't trade for Chris Ball, I, I could see him going there realistically. Like, if he went to yeah. the Bucks, that'd be another great system for him, I think, if he went to the Lakers. He could do yeah, very
0: well in the Bucs.
1: He could do very well. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think anywhere that really needs a, a solid point guard that'll give you a, around 20 a night, he's there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Maybe he even goes like the Heat or something, but I, I think he's going to stay in-, in Toronto.
1: Yeah, I would say Heat just – but the, I-, I think just for the fact that, that Goran Drogic and, and the Heat have had mutual interest in, in Drogic staying with them, I'd say that that's the only reason why he maybe wouldn't go to L.A. If he uh, – L.A., excuse me, the Miami Heat. If the Heat picked him up, though, that'd be another like – talk about a team that is already probably going to try to repeat next year i mean right not even repeat but try to make it to the finals again next year i, th- I think that's another team that could be a, again a lock if he goes there
0: yeah no definitely
1: we got Montres harrell reigning sixth man of the year a great center for the clippers i think the clippers should hold on to him i don't think there's any reason why they should be letting go of Montres harrell and the whole uh, notion of stripping doc rivers away and stripping this entire team saved Kawhi leonard like it wasn't everyone's problem and not just you know his or, or or everyone around him's fault is ridiculous like I think that that the flawed logic that that you had such a star-studded team and the fact that you didn't get it done immediately and then at the end of the season came back and said that hey this wasn't a win it or lose it year or it wasn't like a win it all type of year for us just real right. I mean it shows the flawed logic in a team like that dude hold on to your assets man I mean Montrez Harrell is a terrific center he balled out for you guys in the playoffs by no means, and I'm not sure that they've even put, I know that he's up for free agency, but I don't know if they're shopping him by no means. Do you shop Montres Harrell? He's too good of a player. He's too good of a center. Again, if, if they, if they fuck up and he goes somewhere else, I think the Celtics would be blessed to have him. The Pelicans would be blessed to have him. Anyone would be blessed to have a guy like that. He's been terrific.
0: He would make a big uh, impact on the Celtics. I think the Celtics would definitely benefit, but, um, I mean, you don't, you don't get rid of your award-winning players. I mean, you don't get rid of the most improved player. That would be like Toronto getting rid of Siakam, you know. Uh, that would be like uh, – you, you just don't get rid of your sixth, man, your, 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 your sixth man of the year. I mean, if you're winning awards and, and, you're putting, yeah. and you're, your name is out there, you keep that player. Uh, that's going to carry weight. You, you know that Montrezl is going to make an impact whether or not you, you trade away your stars in the, in the, in the starting lineup. So keep Montrezl is a great player
1: especially because Manchester United got six man of the year over the guy in Lou Williams, who's known for getting six man of the year. Like yeah, that should yeah. hold some weight in its own. You know what I'm saying? In itself. Like that's right. just, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me really, honestly. All right. Before we wrap it up, we could talk about, we could talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich. I didn't how you pronounce yeah. his name. I've kind of butchered his name earlier in the show, uh, but a very crafty bogey. score. Bogey. Yeah. Let's call bogey. him a bogey, the bogey man, yeah. the yeah. bogey man. That's his, that's his official nickname now. Uh, the bogeyman, great shooting guard, very crafty score, really right. developed well in this NBA, t- uh, you know, for the, for the Sacramento Kings. I think he's he's playing terrific. Another situation kind of similar to Montrezl Harrell where it's like, why would you even think about letting him go if you're the Sacramento Kings? He's going to be a, a great player. He already is a great player. He's a young piece in that young team. Uh, but if you really wanted to let him go, I could see him going to maybe uh, a team that could have an upgrade at the shooting guard position, maybe Atlanta, maybe the Jazz Right. Jazz already have Mike Conley. He's another free agent uh, this year. So depending on where Mike Conley goes, it could be a good pickup for the Jazz. But honestly, he needs to stay in Sacramento. If Sacramento has any integrity within the organization, they'll keep him.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think Sacramento is expecting to win a championship anytime soon. Uh and he's on he's 28 years old. You know, he, he put up some pretty decent numbers. He's a good, he's a good contributor. He's a he's a he's a fundamental part of that team. Um, I say you you keep him and, and you you keep going through through uh and then maybe later on uh you know throughout his prime you know maybe he'll be worth something if you need to make a move you want to have pieces to move right you know so uh, i say that he stays in sacramento they should give him they should give him they should pay him uh and just keep going with what they're doing right now don't pay him too much don't don't sign him up for a four-year contract but but uh definitely definitely keep him
1: even even if like not only for for draft assets or, or picks or anything like that or package assets, you know, you want to hold on to a guy like that because he's a gem. Right, In a absolutely. team like the Sacramento Kings, it's been pretty much disgustingly bad since, ever since that, I think it was that 2002 playoff game where they got, uh, not, they, they got, I think it was, was it the refs that, that I think it was, it was that 2002 playoff game where the refs were so, so super incompetent. Uh, with them versus the Lakers, and they've just been downhill ever since. So this is the one gleam of hope you have if you're the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely do not let go of this player. Yeah. And then rounding off the show here, we could talk lastly about Danilo Gallinari. We could touch on him real quick because we've kind of mentioned everyone else in passing, and I'm sure there's some people that we haven't touched on that are that are influential, but simply for the fact that we are running out of time here, we'll, we'll just touch on Danilo Gallinari real quick. He's a little bit older, but... He is such a utility player. If you talk about a guy that can run the two, three, and four spots, a guy that will average around 20, uh, 20 points per game. and, And a guy that that'll fit well into pretty much any offense. You know, he was a great asset to Oklahoma last year. The only thing for me is he's again, getting older. If you want to put him on a team that's in more of a win now situation, I think that'd be best for both parties. Maybe, I'm trying to think I I don't think the Bucks would need him because they've already got in the bigger rotation better uh but you know better players that are that are more established but again maybe maybe I don't know I he'd be a kind of an awkward fit for really any team but I just I just know that he w- shouldn't stay with really with the uh with the Oklahoma City Thunder I think the Oklahoma City Thunder in terms of just them need to like let him go because again they're, they're trying to foster up that young squad of killers and and that wouldn't be optimal for them if they if they held on to his contract or him
0: yeah no i agree uh of course just a, a decent basketball player like you said he is getting older um but he's a he's a kind of guy that can can go out you know you don't know if he's gonna drop five you don't know if he's gonna drop 29 but uh he's capable of doing both uh like you said he'd be good on like a, a pretty much a, a good a good team i could maybe see him go into the rockets adding some yeah big ball uh you know but to fill up that uh you know the, the front court a little bit um, but like you said, he's just a dynamic guy. He, he can go out there, he can get rebounds, he can get assists and he can score. So I, I think he'll fit in anywhere he goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. He's just, you, you plug him in anywhere. He's, he's plug and play.
0: He's a role player. He played yeah. and he, he does it well. And that's all he really needs to do. And, you know, he's paying, he's being paid millions of dollars to do it. And uh, if you don't give him a good enough deal, he'll probably go back to Europe. He'll probably follow suit <laughs> with a bunch of other NBA players. So, yeah.
1: All right, well, that's rounding off the free agency draft class or what we wanted to cover for that. And with that, that's been the episode because we've been going for a while now. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Big shout out to Josh the boss, on the intro beat. I guess I'll do the outro ad read here. Uh, if you want to use code SDFNBA, all caps, at shop.ballinthesix.com, that's Ball in the Six. They do basketball lifestyle clothing out of Toronto, Canada. We'll be repping some of their stuff soon on the show. Go to them, tell them we sent you. We get a cut of the dough. We know the guy that runs it. He's a good guy. So Absolutely. go to them, tell them we sent you, Nigel's mom reps it. My mom will now have to rep it because I'll tell her about that. And, uh, and we'll rep it most importantly on the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: And Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see you guys in the next one. We should be in the booth pending no further uh, complications with this whole Corona situation. Uh, we apologize for, for the, for the energy levels today. It was, it was a bit of a, a rough day, I think for, for me and Nigel both. Uh, and, and of course, you know, always over, over zoom, it's never really a, an easy process, but Without further ado, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Thank you. Peace out.